This is Movies, a podcast about the act of cinema. And with me today is Hans, who just had to change his shirt because, like a bum, he had holes all in his sweat. Apparently there's a moth problem in Costa Rica. I don't know what the hell is happening there where you got, uh, like, a tarp you're wearing to this show. The cigarette burn. You just show up in yeah, a blanket. Yeah. <laughs> just a raincoat, even though it's not raining. We don't have any clothes. It's a garbage. Have you ever worn a garbage bag to protect yourself from the rain? No, I, I have. Oh, <laughs> oh well, that's. Uh, I mean, look. I'm sure you know if you were in New York, people could mistake you for a fashion icon. Yeah, because all the homeless people are either white or black, and you're somewhere in the middle of that. You know, yeah. you're on the gradient of two races that are neither of those races. So that's the, yeah, that's the benefit of you. Yeah. But um, tonight, I'm... we're talking about not white people, not black people. We're talking about the jewel of the Orient. We're talking about audition. This is a favorite of yours, from my is understanding. It? Yeah. <laughs> just, I'm going with it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I love it. First time I saw it today. No, I uh, first time I saw it in like 10 years at least um, today. And uh, yeah, it's it's good. I, I enjoyed myself. Good. Yeah. yeah. Is that your favorite Takashi Miike movie? Yeah, I don't really like him as a director, to be honest with you. I think he's a bit overrated. He's got the... Uh, look, He it's hard to even really critically rate Takashi Miike because he's one of these... The Japanese directors have the same mentality as American directors of the 1930s to 1960s, which is, I will direct anything for the right paycheck and I'm going to do four movies in a year. And this is my day job. This is this is what I do. The editing. Maybe if I find a project that I like that speaks to me, then I will get in on that and I'll have more creative input. But for the most part, I'm just going to oversee this and make sure it is completed and released by the time it has to be. Now, Takashi Miike is a guy who has quite a lot of style, but it is hard to you know, peg him as an auteur because it changes up with every film. If you watch Itchy the Killer, if you watch uh, any of the the more recent films that have gone direct to Amazon here in the U.S., uh, you don't really see an overlapping texture to the work of Takashi Miike. He's kind of a John Ford character in that type, although you do certainly understand uh, what John Ford's sensibilities are uh, as you check out more of his films. And he doesn't really branch out beyond the Western for the most part. With Takashi Miike, he seems hung up on gore, on some wacky stuff happening, and it's a it's usually an over-the-top film. Audition is not really over-the-top. It's a good, subtle, slow-burn um, thriller. And I guess horror film, because now this is the, the other half of the Halloween special, because we're not considering Battle Royale pure horror, right? Right. Would you consider this a horror movie? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, at least the second half of it is definitely horror. Uh, once the shit gets going, I think. Because at the beginning, it's, it's just kind of a story about this lonely man whose wife died, who's trying to find love and falls in love with this young, weird woman that doesn't really re- reveal a lot about herself other than some of the trauma that she's gone through. I'm going to sneeze. Oh, no. Oh, no. We have Hans. He's sick. He's got the cold. This is great timing. Are you under the weather, Hans? No, no. I just got allergies. Uh, it better just be allergies. You're supposed to fly out not, not long from now. It's I'm going to get over COVID now. I get COVID now and I can't fly. You better oh, not. Hmm. I'll tell you right now. You better not. Uh, I mean, I would fly. It's just your country is not going to let me get in. Um but yeah, it's it's a story about this this man that uh, for whatever reason becomes infatuated with one out of what is it thirty women that he talks to. Uh, so the way this story is set up is his wife dies, and one of his friends uh, did. I, I I didn't really know what their job was or what I guess were they film producers or something like that, or they just decide to create like a casting for who would become his next love. Uh, right. They they stage this whole fake production. They get into pre-production. They start doing casting on this, but it's actually he's looking for a new wife. 
And uh, there's some pretty funny moments, some funny throwaway lines uh, with some of these actresses. From what I recall, they did an open call of actresses for real and just brought them in. And that's why you have such a mixed bag of looks and appearances and, and performance. And um, he winds up settling on total psychopath, total BPD shithead bitch who wants to cut his feet off and ruin his life because he has a son he loves. Yeah. Yeah. Typical woman. Typical lonely woman from the East. Uh, I, I was a little bit confused at times because it <laughs> it did jump from uh, like hallucination to reality and then back to, you know, at, at one point he's waking up and he's just next to her and he's like, okay, cool. But then that was the dream, I guess, or like the hallucination because I guess he was going through pain or the drugs that she was injecting into him. Um, but I think uh, they... He did a really good job at uh, not showing the violence and just show what it sounded like at first. Because I think that creates an image in the audience's head when you're not able to see it. You know, at one point uh, when she's doing the needles on his stomach, she's co uh, covering the camera with the back of her head and you can only see his pained face, but you hear a lot of what she's doing. So I thought she was cutting off his dick at first. Because you hear, like, she's doing something down there. We don't know. And he's been drugged, so he's kind of uh, reacting to it with pain, but he can't move. Um, and then once the reveal is there, I think you create something in your head that's worse than what's happening. Uh, and once they show it, it's still very graphic. But I think that's a, a really great way of creating tension and creating horror without actually showing it. Uh, and then they showed, you know, the needles in the eyes and everything. That was pretty horrible uh it reminded me of um uh what's this movie with uh ellen page who was called ellen page at the time hard candy i think it is hard candy yes yeah where he's i don't remember if he's drugged but he's tied down and then i think at the end she, she cuts his dick off yeah, yeah i think i don't i don't know if she cuts his Just dick off i think she yeah she removes his balls because he met with a child from the internet and apparently right, to take murdered pictures murdered mm -hmm. one previously that maybe she knew i think that was the, I, it's been a while since i've watched hard candy but i remember yeah. it being fairly solid at the time anyway so yeah it's not too dissimilar from that but obviously as scummy as this guy is for holding uh like socially engineering himself to find a new partner uh she levels up and um is completely unstable due to a molestation from, I believe it was her dance teacher or piano teacher, right? And is a, a total psycho. But uh, I remember it was on the last drive-in with Joe Bob Briggs, and they were talking about, well, what's a dream and what isn't? Because you hop in and out of reality a bit, and it illustrates some of the gaps in the story that we wound up missing earlier. Like, what happened when they went on vacation? She disappeared, and uh, what happened in her backstory that made her the way she is. Um, and it, it seems pretty clear cut from the author's interpretation, from the director's interpretation, that it all just really happened. It's all legitimate. Yeah. The dream stuff is clearly dream stuff. And everything you see at the end is what indeed occurs. Uh, now, did you know that this was based on a book? No. Well, I read the book. The book is almost the exact same as Takashi Miike did a fairly good job of adapting that source material. It was only uh, released in English, translated to English somewhat recently. And uh, it, it's a very good read. I believe the author, author is uh, Ryu Murakami. And uh, I'm not familiar with his other work. I might have the name wrong, but... Um, it's definitely a, a good spooky read if you're in the mood for that kind of thing. And it, it, there's a very good audio book um, that accompanies it. So does, does it explain her backstory a little bit better so that we know why she's kind of a, a a monster that doesn't eat, who lives in like a shitty room, just waiting no. by the phone? As a matter of fact, I'm I'm fairly certain they don't go that in depth with it. There's, I mean, obviously with the, um, 
you know, the, the narrative approach for long form storytelling, you're going to handle things a little bit different. Um, you're adapting this for a visual medium so you can be more explorative with that. But we have to learn everything through the characters. And so we have um, an idea of, well, her, her, the guy she said she worked for has mm -hmm. been missing. That guy's, and I, that's also the same case with the movie. And she, 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 I think, explains some of her backstory to him. But for the most part, no. I think you get a better idea of what happened in this film. Well, that's the guy in the sack, isn't it? Uh, I'm sorry, I want to repeat that? The guy in the sack that she has in her house? I thought that was the record producer guy. I guess that would make sense. I, I, I Yeah, I would assume that's probably him, unless she's just been holding on to a a pet, like a deformed pet uh, that she's amputated the arms and legs of and feeds puke, you know? That scene went on for way too long when she was just with the cables just sawing his feet off and you could see the foot moving as she was, ah, that fucked me up. Uh, yeah, I, uh, it was very effective the way that the... Because it's not... I honestly for whatever reason I had an idea that it was a lot bloodier like a lot more graphic but the the horror and the imagery like that uh doesn't start until we meet the um ballet teacher who's got wooden feet and at first you're you're kind of like oh that's weird because feet that are stuck to like planks of wood and then obviously you 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 know you realize that that's her mo right she likes cutting feet off and fingers off and whatever but she's just I trying that... to relive trauma consistently it seems she's one of these types of people she's uh i mean we kind of got into that a little bit when we were doing the battle royale show that some people get so scarred that it right. fucks them up in a negative way where they also become a product of that evil and it overwhelms them right she uh her thighs were burnt by this man when she was a little girl and i guess that's enough to turn her into a killing <laughs> amputator uh the amputator which is the the subtitle of the movie that's what um, they should have called it is it yeah, yeah. it should have been <laughs> but um, uh but i think they, they did a really good job of balancing those two things because like i said at the beginning like the, at least the first half of the movie it's not really a horror movie at all it's kind of a mystery it's kind of a trying to figure out who this this woman is and everything he's uncovering little by little is just a little uh sketchy just a little weird uh and then he you know has an argument with his friend because his friend is like i can't you know i have no information i can't find her or whatever uh and then he just starts doing his own investigation going to the bar that she told her she worked at and uh getting the i think that's where the first hallucination happens right when he sees the fingers and the tongue on the floor. It's like I told her that yeah. uh, I told him that that uh, that's what happened with the ex-owner of the place. Oh, or maybe it's the owner of the place, the guy in the sack. It could be either mm -hmm. him or or the other one. Uh, but before that, like it's just a, a mystery of this man that's uh, desperate for love, and he's even his son is getting puss, <laughs> and he's lonely. Uh, so. Uh, I think that balance and that switch from then on, uh, it was um, it was done really well. How it went from just this this dramatic mystery about this lonely man into oh, this is kind of weird, and where we end up at at the end. I like that they make him not too scummy. Like he's a relatable character, but he certainly has very human weaknesses that make him um, not as sympathetic as he probably could have been for for a widower uh like what we're talking about with the casting but also i think there's a sequence i i haven't watched this in a couple of months there's a sequence where he's lusting a, a little bit or in his head uh after his son's girlfriend or he's like right. building a scenario where something like that could happen which uh i think you do you mean the scene where he's been drugged and he imagines the okay the ugly woman from the office that keeps bothering him because he had sex with her once and was a mistake. That's a relationship. Yeah. That's what. Ha that's how that works. Is you she, have sex she, with somebody once and they're your girlfriend for life. She keeps showing up and he's like, "All right." She's like, "I'm leaving now." He's like, "Cool." 
and then she's just standing there. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Yeah, what's up?" And she's like, "Oh, nothing." It's like, "Cool." Have you ever had something leaves. like that happen to you? Has anyone ever no. drawn a picture of you or like said, "I love you," and uh, we know we're together because you made out with them one time? No, no, I mean, no. Wait, actually, yes. Oh, re- oh, okay. I just, yeah, here. God damn, she would call me at five in the morning uh on days that i had to work at seven and be like why don't you come over and be like what what it happened once i was wasted and it happened once and she would call my phone at five in the morning like, over and over again being like come over to my house i want to have sex or whatever and i was be like I, it's five in the fucking morning what are you doing i have to go to work in two hours uh i i ended up blocking her i had to this was like tumblr times and i was still in costa rica uh oh, and nice. she found it like i'm I, I'm sure I still have her blocked there if that thing is still exists. I haven't she, logged in she in see a while. you tumbling at like 5.30? No, no. Morning, you're still <laughs> no. awake? You I said, was asleep. You said goodnight to me a couple of hours ago. Why can't you come well, that's over? The, that's, that's the worst part, that I met her at a bar, never talked to her outside of it or anything, and then I guess in her head she has the idea of like, that's it. That was the first you know? mistake you made is meeting anyone at a bar. Yeah. That seems like a critical error 10 times out of 10. Whether look, say, yeah. it, it could be a girl, it could be like a cool, cool guy that you just, oh, he's the funny guy at the bar. He seems like a chill guy. He seems like a cool guy. Nah, that guy, he's there for a reason. Everybody at well, the bar, if you're not with a group, is there for a reason. I later find out that uh, some of my friends knew who she was and knew she was crazy. But they didn't tell me anything when I was there that day. It was just like, motherfuckers, why do you tell me this, you know, as it's, it's happening? And they were like, oh, I don't know. We just just did it. And I was like, great. So now I'm stuck with this fucking crazy woman. Uh, then when I worked at Amazon, she worked there too. But we worked on like not the same schedule. Uh, so I never saw her. But yeah, it's not fun. It's not it's not a good time at all, especially when you're as as like chill as me. Like I can just be like fuck off, uh, or like you know do something crazy. I'm just like, just can you please stop bothering me? <laughs> this sucks. This is annoying. I'm not gonna do it. Fuck off. You know. Uh, so yeah, it was it was not a good time. I don't I don't recommend it to anyone. Ugh. Yeah, don't get involved with women of the night. That's what I say. I mean, I it's not that's not. All right, it's not completely accurate. I didn't pay, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't pay for this Listen, woman. <laughs> she was at a bar. You always pay for it some way, with a drink, with a crisp $50 bill, or maybe, like the lead character of this film, with with your limbs. Yeah. I just remember my Nokia phone going off at 5 in the morning. Just That's terrifying. That sets the scene real well, a dark room, <laughs> and then the glowing light from a Nokia Brick phone starts rumbling. <laughs> Holy shit! I can't yeah. imagine anything more horrific. That's, that number that could be in a film in itself. A number I don't recognize. Just like who's this? I don't oh, know I actually called name. you from a blocked number to see if you'd pick up because you're pretending to be asleep to me yeah. on my number. Yeah. Why are you pretending to be asleep at five in the morning? <laughs> it's like what? <laughs> I'm just in bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah not good not 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 a good time uh but thankfully i still have my feet and my fingers all of them and my dick so uh it could have gone worse i guess yeah certainly you know you could have wound up with a hair full of hot chocolate you know if you played your cards wrong (laughs) yeah i'll take you to the movies yeah i'm feeling a little under the weather just a hot chocolate (laughs) in my head (laughs) hot chocolate to the face always change that um, yeah. <laughs> audition is a great Japanese film. I, you know what? I saw this in uh, theaters. I, I caught this hmm. at the Brattle Theater during a revival screening, just on a whim. I was in the mood because uh, not that I had a problem with it before, but my only experience watching Audition was not dissimilar from what we talked about before on, on the last show, where you would get kind of bootleg ripped DVDs of. Uh, Korean films or Japanese films. So I had a, an audition DVD I got from Amazon that was supposed to be from the Tartan Extreme label, but was not. It was actually a printed up cover, and I got it used. Uh-huh. So I got scanned, and it was clearly a burnt DVD. Um, uh-huh. Real problem. 
Did they and... even bother printing a cover for the DVD or was it just like Oh a... yeah yeah yeah, but it was computer paper. It was printer paper that was inside the sleeve. And I was like, "Are you kidding me?" So I got that and I got like the faded print on the DVD and I watched it and and I was able to get through the entire thing. Didn't really make any sort of connection to me during that time and I obviously it's a disturbing film. But it's not especially gory, even if mm-hmm. it leaves the impression of that kind of like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, where right. there's a lot happening, but you don't actually see the fine details of that. <laughs> it's all left to the imagination. Right. And um, not dissimilar to, um, you know, a couple of films where, where I can't pay full attention if I have it on the television, seeing it in the theater and getting a full, you know, vibe from that in the sequences and getting a better grip on the directing style and how it feels like in some moments, like a Japanese soap opera. And then we get Mm -hmm. into the creepier elements. Uh, I was able to come away with a deep appreciation for this film. And uh, it was a, a a great time at the movies. It was a, it was a perfect movie to see in the theater and it was a packed theater too. And people were reacting to it as if they had never seen it before. Maybe some of them had, but probably, yeah, it was was, uh, terrific. The scene of uh, the son kicking her down the stairs, so funny. <laughs> she just flies down the stairs. I was not expecting that. I thought the fucking bitchy son was going to get, like, I don't know what the spray was. Do you know what she was spraying on it? Was that chloroform? But then spray, probably. I, just she's just spraying something from really far. Uh, and then he just kicks the shit out of her and she falls on the stairs and I guess breaks her neck. Is that what they imply with the the movement of the neck? And then she's talking to him, but we don't know if he's hallucinating or not. Oh, I don't know if you yeah, remember. Yeah, it's definitely being hallucinated. I think okay. that, that aspect. Yes. Uh, so she does indeed break her neck, but then the little movement afterward. I think it's just a creative flair to make her seem less human, make her seem a, a bit stranger and creepier. Right, like uh, malignant. Which is cool. I I like those little unexplained <laughs> elements. Yeah, malignant. It's actually he's the one responsible for this. It's yeah. a prequel. And tie it back in, make it like uh, Venom is to the it's MCU. A, you know? it's a fetus that died in her throat when she was a little baby, now has been awakened by her hitting the floor. It's actually the the seed Ooh. of that dance instructor that's just been developing in her oh, throat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all these that years. fucking movie. God damn. I don't want to uh, talk about Malignant anymore because we've mentioned it way too much for what it is, but. The more you think about it, the just dumber it gets. In a not, I, I still don't understand people that watch it in like a fun. This is a dumb movie. Let's enjoy it for what it is. Because to me, here, here I am talking about it again. Uh, to me, it plays it very straight. Like at no point it looks like they're having fun with it. At least to me, the one time I saw it, uh, so I couldn't have any fun with it. It was more like, what the fuck is this? Uh, but yeah, it, it, that that little uh, neck twitch at the end, I was like, "Oh no, is there going to be like a monster coming out of her face now?" I I, I hope they don't I mean, do that. Would that be very Takashi Miike. Yeah, no, he uh, sticks to the book, keeps it pretty grounded. What did you think? I, are you kind of surprised? I mean, I'm not really surprised. I guess that I got a better understanding of Japanese cinema. What happens to these actors is not all that dissimilar to what happens to American actors when they become known for one particular role but uh the woman in this film doesn't really work too often afterward and if she does it's in kind of crappy looking movies and and she pops up in a couple of american films that look very direct to video um i I mean the actor that uh plays the the lead in this film and i'm gonna mangle his name um his his character name is shigiharu (laughs) which I'm sure uh-huh. is pretty close to the actual pronunciation. She plays Asami. Sure. Uh, and and uh, so this guy's a, a, a big time, big time, like Billy Idol type for Japan. You know, he's the cool punk Johnny Rotten, I guess. That's Kurt the Cobain. one. That's Billy Idol's the one you're going to pull. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. So, so, mind. so like a fake punk. <laughs> so like mm-hmm. someone that dresses like something that doesn't, he doesn't sound like. Right. So that's him. And I know him from the movie 
Suicide Club. Did you ever see Suicide Club? That's on YouTube right now. Oh, Suicide Squad. You can Squad? watch. Yes, it's a. It's in the same universe. Um, that that's a peculiar film and was not as straight laced as I was expecting it to be. I think there's a VHS rip or like an early DVD rip that's available on YouTube. That's how I watched it, and it's not as good as you would hope that it would be. But I remember that was another film that would come up frequently in the horror movie magazines, or if you did research on Japanese film, because the nineties, the late nineties, heading into the early aughts was a boom for Japanese horror. Japanese, everybody was trying to get in on Japanese horror. And eventually America tried to do their version of it with the grudge and with the ring to mixed results is what I would call it. Yeah. You also had uh the eye, I think was based on a, on a Japanese movie. And then you had, uh, uh, I think that was was the eye the only one the eye with Jessica Alba didn't they do a evil camera like you know that I don't know if you're familiar with the the video game Fatal Frame where you have a camera and then the camera can see ghosts and you trap the ghosts with a picture uh, I don't know if they did a movie about that but yeah there was a <clears throat> a period of the early two thousands where they just grabbed. Uh, far superior Japanese horror properties and and uh, wash them off all the horror they have and turn them into American properties that kind of worked. Uh, I, I remember enjoying the first grudge. I remember enjoying the, the ring. Um, the eye notes, not so much, but before you see the, the Japanese ones, you're like, oh, this is this is pretty good. And then you actually watch the, the Japanese version. And you're like, oh, fuck, this is what it's supposed to be. Like, this is actually fucking scary because uh, they don't pull any punches. Um, I had but... that experience. Uh, I think I went to go see the Sarah Michelle Gellar grudge movie on my birthday whenever that came out. Just because I wanted to go to the movies on my birthday. I mean, I was looking forward to it anyway, but it was a PG-13 horror movie. I believe Sam Raimi produced that. Did, did he not? Mm. Um, we can look that up. But mm. I went to go see that. And uh, actually, the lead actor from this movie appears in that film, I think at the beginning, as the guy who kills himself. I could be wrong about that. He also appears in the sequel, which I never saw. Um yeah, Sam Raimi has to... produced has produced the first and second, and then he also produced the 2020 Grudge movie, which was they did kind of... four American Grudge films, and it was uh, the Grudge three went direct to DVD, and that started I think Shawnee Smith from Becker and The Stand 1995, and I isn't she no in idea. Saw? Yeah, she's known as, she's known as like Saw's protege, so. Right. Um, that's the extent of her career. She was also in the Blob, the original Blob is uh, not the original Blob because that would make her old as fuck. Yeah. The nineteen Chuck Russell nineteen eighties Blob, nineteen eighty eight. It's very good. We should have talked about that for the Halloween show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A good one to watch. That one's fun. Yeah. Maybe we could do that for Civic TV or something because we got we got to throw some good movies in there too. You know? Yeah, not just um, Mickey Rourke modern movies. I have no problem with that, but you know me, so. Well, yeah, so I, I haven't seen any of the American Grudge sequels. Obviously, I, I assume they do something different than the uh, Japanese ones. But I went to go see this on my birthday, I think in 2003, my 13th birthday. And then I went to the comic book shop afterward, and they had what is called a VCD, which was a like a prototype of the DVD. And they would break up a film on two VCDs and sell that and it was in like a cd style case but it was rounded and a harder plastic and i saw juan the grudge which obviously i knew all about it having just seen the grudge and i decided to get it as a gift for myself and i remember it smelled like like asian soap like japanese soaps what is that it's what hard is... to explain i i would recognize the smell much later on during my trip to Japan and uh, Korea, but there's a certain scent that the soap has. And um, that's what I picked up from that VCD. I, mean, I think maybe it was a plastic. Maybe it's all melted down the same way, same chemicals or something. I have right. no idea. But that's what was prominent for that. And I remember tuning into that and just being bored. I was like, this fucking stinks. I hate this. These <laughs> subtitles don't even make sense. 
God, why did I waste $20 on this piece? I can't even put it on the fucking shelf because the case is too small. Right. That that was my opinion. I haven't gone back to the grudge since. But I have it around here somewhere. Mm, yeah, I don't know. I, I find that, um, especially with The Ring, uh, and also the technology was different. I think they're all four by three, those movies. Um, so they feel like an older, you know, it adds to the creepiness of it. And uh, there's a defined look and feel and a combination of uh, elements that I think are thrown into Japanese horror films in the late nineties and early aughts, which is exactly what you just said. That four by three aspect ratio, which I don't know if that's the natural aspect ratio or if it's just cropped after the fact, I don't think audition is not four by three. Uh, The original ring might be, well, here's the thing too. A lot of these movies went direct-to-video, and there was a different impression of what direct-to-video was in Japan during that time. It didn't mean you were slumming it like it meant over here. You're not getting an Eric Roberts Lifetime movie in 1998 from Japan if it's direct-to-video like you would here. Or Roddy Rowdy Piper's latest sci-fi film. Hell that goes yeah. also to you, the USA Network and will premiere 12 o'clock on a Sunday. So that is probably why they had four by three in mind as the aspect ratio. They shot four video. I don't recall if that was the case with uh, the ring, the original ring or um, any of those films from that era, like the grudge. I think the grudge might've been direct to video, but I think you have that you have the ghosty spooky aspects of it. And you also have pop music, Japanese pop music that Mm -hmm. does not fit the vibe of the film at all. Ring ends with techno music and it changes the exa- like it's a solemn moment at the end. She's driving off and trying to escape this this whole thing that has been created and is on her plate. And then you just have Skrillex chiming in at full blast. Oh no. Uh, oh no, really? I fucking don't remember. Essentially. It. It, I like that to be honest with you. It feels very like, yep, this is nineteen ninety eight. That's right. This is this feels like one of those clubs in train spotting. Okay. Yeah. I don't I don't mind it so much. I you do get it here in audition where it's like an upbeat poppy song that closes the movie. Battle mm. Royale was the same way where you have like a slower more I guess uh intimate song than than what you have here. But it's very like high pace. It's like, "All right, now get out the theater quick. We have to clean up." Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how I feel about what you said about. Well, this was two thousand. You were what? How old were you? Thirteen? You said I was thirteen years old. And I, again, keep in mind, I think my experience with Asian film was Battle Royale and Old Boy at that point. So I hadn't developed a power. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> can't really uh, compare those two to any other, and you know, expect. Right, it's all downhill. And also, I just watched the movie. I just watched... The American version stays fairly close to that Japanese uh, original. So I was like, I just feel like I'm watching the same movie, but I these people aren't speaking English. Why do I care about it? Oh, I got to take out the DVD now and put in a new DVD to finish the movie? Right. <laughs> uh, the movie that I was talking about, it's called Shudder, starring Joshua Jackson. I don't know if you ever ah. saw that. It's a, a remake of all a, comes back a, around. Dawson's of that movie, yeah. I, I I don't remember hating that. Uh, apparently, it's got pretty good critical response to it. But um, that was one of the that I knew was remade. You got a one missed call. Were you familiar with that? Yep. That was yep. a, that's also a an Asian uh, movie. I think they did the, uh, on, Tale of Two Sisters. Oh my god, that one was so bad though. The American one. I think it's called it's called the. The uninvited, uh, because a tale of two sisters is legitimately creepy. Like that, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but that one is—it's yep. one of those, you know, holy shit Japanese movies. Uh, and then, yeah, they just—I mean, to to make it fit into American sensibilities, you're always going to have to turn it down, especially if if it ends up being a PG-13 when you can't show a lot of violence or a lot of blood, and then. It's just like, what's the, the point? Just play the original one. But that one, 
yeah, the uninvited starring that girl and that other girl. <laughs> uh, that, you know, whose career... What is, the uh, end, what is the end of this era where they finally tapped out on remaking the Japanese or Asian films in general? Because it wasn't just strictly Japanese. I, I, I do believe they did wind up remaking a couple of Korean films during this time that were in the horror vein, but obviously they were very hung up on J horror. Right. Um, Death Note. No, no, that's, that's <laughs> long after the fact. It's not even a horror. To, I mean, it, it kind of is, but no. Uh, let's see. Magnificent seven. What? That's not really no, a that's, remake. That's not, listen, that's a remake of an American film, which was a, I, inspired by seven samurai. That's all. That's not that. That's that's too detached. Well, the last one I can see in this uh, list is says, "Well, Ghost in the Shell from 2017." Pull up the or... list. Let's do a screen share real quick. I'll tell you right now. It ain't go. Look, we're not talking about anime. We're not talking about just Eastern remakes in general. Um, I, there's a like the aughts were the decade of J horror remakes of remaking right. Asian horror. Okay, and it's kind of a screen. kind of a miracle that they, I was going to say that they didn't remake things like Battle Royale and Old Boy, but they did remake. I can't believe that slipped from my mind for a second. What Old Boy? Should... Yes, Old Boy 2013, which features uh, our our pal, one of the stars of Mass State Lottery, Nick Joroff. He told me he was like, "Oh yeah," so because I don't think yeah. he knows the history of Old Boy and that Old Boy 2003 is the good Old Boy. You know, so he was like, yeah, so I was an old boy and I was like, wait a minute, you were in that big piece of shit old boy. And uh, his face was like hurt by it. (laughs) 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 Well, uh, it was uh, I was part of the I was in that I was there for the fight scene and uh, the choreography. I was like, yeah, that's cool. I guess that's a cool. I tried to like walk it back to not be mean. It's like your story with the marathon movie. It's like, oh, I was, I was there. Oh, Patriots Day. <laughs> I was, yeah, yeah. I was, I was on set. Sandwich. I had. Yeah. I, they paid me with a ham sandwich, even though it was vegetarian. It became a cheese sandwich. It okay, tastes like Tell ham. Two sisters. <laughs> yeah, um, you got the uh, a grudge. There's only two. This old boy. What? I didn't know that the grudge was 2000, 2002 and two thousand four. Yeah. Huh. For some reason, I thought that was late 90s for certain. No, the ring was. Uh, so you got the ring, you got all boy. I don't, I'm not familiar with any of this too. Dark water. The eye. <clears throat> oh, okay, Hong Kong, Singapore. Whatever, same thing. Uh, so it, it looks like the end was 2008-ish. Mm-hmm. They yeah. rushed them out between 2004 and 2000. Six and 2008 is when it fell out of fashion because the Pulse remake, the Shutter remake, um, the Uninvited I feel like it's probably the Uninvited if that's 2008. Old Boy came after the fact that's not oh, 2009. All right, so that really yeah. is kind of the end of that. Yeah, the, the difference with Old Boy, I think, is that Old Boy is revered as one of the greatest Asian movies of all time, so that has its own lore without requiring you know uh uh a remake to make it relevant you know i think that one has mm-hmm. an, enough of a of a fan base that you say oh boy and it's like all right well but people are going to be interested just to see what you do even though i don't think that movie should be remade and the spike lee film proved that because uh, it just doesn't work as well as the original um, i was pretty kind to it after I had seen it and digested it and could accept it on its own terms. But uh, having revisited it since, because I, I was doing like a Spike Lee retrospective for myself, just, um, you know, breezing through his filmography, it's it's irredeemable. It's so bad. Yeah. Charlotte Copley almost single-handedly kills the film because to that point, it's like a five out of ten. And then his character comes in and is a cartoon. Uh, Like you're introducing uh, Daffy Duck to this universe, essentially. And 
it dips it down to like a two. It's so bad. Uh, did you ever see uh, your friend Adam's review of mm. Oh Boy? I think it's two parts where he just yes. goes and compares both of them and how it fails in everything that he tries to do. It's a, it's a pretty good, pretty good video to watch. I've seen it a couple of times. Just just because uh, uh, when I saw the the second Old Boy or the the remake, I was like, okay, this is shit. Like I don't, I really don't like it but i had not seen the original one in a while and then you know how he goes beat by beat just comparing how he, the world is even set up or how the characters even set up and it's very shallow it's very very much like spike lee didn't really care about the original and was just like i'll just it's make not movie. hold on i'll let me let me stop you right there it's not spike lee's fault um okay. in that regard his creative choices are are not great in general uh for that film but that movie was co-opted by people with focus features. And mm. that is why it's the one Spike Lee film that is not a quote-unquote a Spike Lee joint. So he, right. he took that branding off the movie because he knew it was a pile of shit. He started showing up to interviews completely. I mean, this isn't anything new for Spike Lee. If you hear any yeah. Spike Lee stories, he's fucking wasted. He's always drunk. There's stories about him teaching at NYU and then somebody said something and he said... I, I can't say it on the show because it it'll get the YouTube channel uh, demonetized and probably deleted. All right, so, he's, so he said N-word and what? No, 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 no. <laughs> he can say, look, at, he's not going to get any flack for saying that. He said the K-word. Oh. He said, don't give me that K shit when oh. somebody was like talking about it. So he gets very anti-Semitic when he's in a mood and under the influence. And they still give him money anyway, you know? The Five Bloods, I think that got some Oscar nominations, right? So, oh wow! Do you know that? Do you know that Americans were working on a Battle Royale remake in two thousand six? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I don't think yeah, we mentioned that. that. I just New Line Cinema. But apparently, um, the Virginia Tech, Tech shooting killed Hell it. Hell yeah! He saved. He's <laughs> backdoor hero. This guy. Yeah. Asian hero. Could you? Could we make the argument that the Virginia Tech shooting now was for the greater good because it prevented <laughs> the battle royale? Yeah, they died for a good cause. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Man, that movie and shootings. I think Columbine uh, happened the same day the book came out. I, I just I can't imagine Americans in 2006 making a good battle royale. They wouldn't. It would be PG-13. It would be trash. Oh, yeah. Because that was also the era. For, that was a big era for horror and not getting horror right. So they did a lot of these adaptations of Japanese Eastern horror films. And they also got hung up on doing, well, we can do horror. And the way to make that marketable is to make it PG-13. We're going to get the young <laughs> kids in there. So we won't show anything, but it'll be spooky. Yeah. And we'll make a lot more money. They tried doing that with, they did that with The Grudge. They did that with The Ring. They did it with Alien vs. Predator. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Freddy vs. Versus... Do you Sam know they're, re- do you see, film? Do you see, see they were making uh, Jeepers Creepers? <laughs> no, no, I didn't yeah. know that. They they're just put out a in... third one recently. They're doing like a, a remake of the first they one, and are and, determined uh, to uh, make sure that Victor Salva lives a comfortable, healthy life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's got enough money to get more children to abuse. I guess. Who? Yeah, uh, he's definitely up to something. That just doesn't go away. That's not something you stop once because you went to prison for six months. Sorry, don't buy it. Um, well, who's remaking it? Is it is it like a legit studio or is it a small foreign? company it's called deeper Creepers reborn um hmm. let me see uh i don't mind those movies to be honest with you i mean they're certainly if you revisit them now and you know what he was up to before making the film some things feel very strange in those films but as horror movies i really liked the first one and the second one when they came out in theaters, especially that second one was a lot of fun. Yeah. I've only seen those two. I never saw the third one because it came out like 10 years after and it was too late. Not, 
that's usually not a good sign. Uh, the third one was originally supposed to be a Western. I don't know if they wound up doing that or not. Uh, but I remember back in like 2006 or so when they were talking about uh, getting that out, it was supposed to be a prequel because the creeper only comes out for what, 30 days. He eats for 30 days, disappears for 30 years. Right. And um, they were going to go back in time with it. So they got the director of Iron Sky. Have you ever seen Iron Sky? No, the name is familiar. Could you give me a, a summary? Yeah, it's a movie about Nazis that have a secret base in the dark side of the moon in 1945. And they try to return to power in 2018, starring uh, Udo Kier and a, a bunch of others. <laughs> a bunch of other people. Uh, so that's the, that's the only movie he's made. Uh, that one, Iron Sky, and then Iron Sky, Sky 2, The Coming mm -hmm. Race, and then he's doing this Jupiter Scripture. Apparently, uh, they're thinking of doing a trilogy that's going to be set apart from the first three films. So it's just on name recognition, I guess. Uh, who knows if they're even going to use the Creeper. I, I haven't seen the trip. I saw like a couple of still images and it just looks like you know what it looks like. Let um, let's see it. Show me. We yeah. can. We, you don't you don't have to describe it. Let's let's take a look at this. Sure. This is for the patrons. It looks patrons like uh, is what I like to call it. <laughs> All right, I will not be calling it that. Uh, <laughs> it, it looks like the the remake of uh, uh, Nightmare on Elm Fun. Street. You know where it's like, oh look, it's a creepy house, and that's where Freddy lives. You know, this is malignant. Yeah. This That's... sucks. Wow. Horrible. Yeah. Not good. There's multiple Not... creepers? I, I I guess. I don't know. Should, can we see the trailer? Can I play the trailer here? That's always good when you can't afford a house. You just put a bunch of green screens around furniture. Yeah. Just, oh, it looks... Look how That's dirty weird. this house looks. Ooh, spider webs. Oh, That's my God. There's a mattress on the floor, and it's dirty. Google dirty house. <laughs> Large, they just went Google, to this, save. This is Louisiana homes and <laughs> just found a couple of ravaged. What the fuck? Oh, Jesus, this looks worse than I thought it would. Albert Fish, whoa! Oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna get your Dahmer steaks. Uh, <laughs> nice to meet you. Oh, my oh. Jesus Christ. Is there a trailer out? Uh, I hope see. not. I hope th this got shut down from COVID and just never comes out. Oh, this oh, is coming out here this we year. Go. Ah, yeah. Nice. Let's make sure to talk over this. Fifteen yeah. seconds long. Well, I'm not. Okay. I'm not gonna. It's just a teaser. Hey, what's see, that? But, oh, oh, is that that? Is that that's the angry video? Have you been yeah. watching some James Rolfe? And I started. I started watching that episode because I was interested in those old games, and it's just too cringe. I can't. Oh, this is I can't new. anymore. Yeah, it's new. It's, okay, let's not watch uh, it. I don't want to get they yeah. they they got it out for for you and I after that episode we did on the movie. Oh yeah. So let's not give them a reason to copyright strike us. He looks familiar. I don't know if there's anyone in this cast. Let me see. Oh, cool. No, Three people. No, there's no. Uh, can we check out the? Um, Oh, he was on Hollyoaks. So you probably recognize him from now when you were in the UK. No. You didn't watch Hollyoaks? Oh, this is the writer, by the way. Look at the movies he's produced. They look oh, it's awesome. Good. It's a good yeah. lineup. <laughs> they look like uh, erotic uh, books for old ladies that you can buy <laughs> on Amazon for five bucks. <laughs> yep. So. Um, uh, sorry. Yeah. So. They're going to turn this into a new trilogy. Yeah, and it's just cool. creepy house. Uh, and then there's, oh no, that's, that's it. Coming next year, and that's people seem get. to be into it. Six point one thousand thumbs up, two hundred thumbs down. Not too shabby. Yeah, do you think this is going to eventually become the solution with the slasher villains that they're all going to do this kind of thing? They've definitely done that with Pinhead and Hellraiser, where it's just like we don't we don't care about any sort of uh, you know, linear notion when it comes to these films. We, we're just going to throw somebody in pinhead makeup now. It doesn't even have to be Doug Bradley. And uh, that'll be it. Chucky uh, is, is starting to wade those waters with the series and the remake and everything else. 
Um, I think um, Hollywood is out of ideas and it's just trying to revive properties that worked before, but they don't seem to grasp what worked about them. So they end up making decisions that if you're a fan of the properties, don't make sense to you other than, oh my God, I saw a review uh, from this Costa Rican website that I don't really go to, but I, I I follow their group just to see what they post. And they posted this like five, six paragraph review of Halloween Kills. Um, and it was like, uh, you know, this movie is also for the fans because they use the masks from Halloween 3. And it's like, that's all you need? Just like, a, I guess people just need something that kind of looks like something they saw before. And it's like, oh my God, the masks, I'm a, I'm a fan. They want that lore respected because they've invested hours of their time into it. Well, I guess it's the uh, Stranger Things formula, right? Where it's like, hey, look at, remember when you had a Game Boy? Remember those days when a Game Boy and you just play in your basement? Um, so I, I guess that, that I don't know. Because um, the, again, they, they don't seem to grasp what worked about the originals. Uh, and also they worked because they came out at a perfect time. You know, you didn't have social media. You didn't have people that were so informed about things. So when you go to the theater to see Friday the 13th and you see that it's a gigantic man with a... Well, you don't even see him in the first one. Uh, let's say the second one, he's got a hockey mask. And it's like, oh, cool, the icon. That, that's cool. But you're not really expecting much because the trailers wouldn't tell you that much. And you, I guess you had to go to the movie theaters to watch trailers too, right? You couldn't... Yeah. They wouldn't play them on TV. Uh, so all of those things... Uh, is what made those movies successful. But now it seems like they're just like, well, we're going to show this icon and this iconic thing and this other thing. And then the rest of the movie could be whatever, where some people are going to be happy just because they recognize some things. And yeah, that's why they're, most of those remakes are just feel very uninspired and, and boring. And it's, it's no different than any other horror movie where there's a little bit of boring. People are like, oh, oh my God, you see how bloody that new... Uh, nightmare on elm street remake was and it's like yeah but it was horseshit like it was bad it was legitimately bad uh but i guess i don't know well in the I, case of the platinum dunes remakes and also just like, the general uh string of remakes for the 80s properties that nightmare on elm street one is a i would say probably a glaring exception to that rule where it is unbelievably horrible there's nothing yeah. that is good about it uh, but you, I think the Texas Chainsaw Massacre one that Michael mm -hmm. Bay produced, and also what I've learned is that when Michael Bay is producing a film, uh, he's actually quietly directing it. He just doesn't want to put his name on it. He gets final cut on... Here's here's another interesting thing. He has final cut on every Purge movie. Even oh, if, wow. If he, he doesn't show up to set. He's not directing them, but he'll watch them and go... All right, so this is how it's actually going to look. Fuck this version. I'm going to do it this way. <laughs> and they go, okay... And then that's what goes out to theater. So everything has had his fingerprints on it. Um, I can respect that. Uh, oh, but, Jesus. The director of that movie. Um, yeah, it's not going great for him. Uh, let's see. He directed a Frankenstein TV movie in 2004. Um, starring Parker Posey. Uh, then he did Pathfinder which is a Carl Urban movie about a Viking boy. And then you have Friday the 13th, which I actually enjoyed because that one was kind of like what you expect from a Friday the 13th movie, you know? It's just a violent It was a cut retard. above for, for Friday yeah. the 13th movies also. They, they managed to make it uh, a fun and well-polished film, which you cannot say for a good portion of those. They start to lean into the wackiness and then it goes off the rails. It gets to be a little too much and they get, they overthink it. They especially overthink it with Jason goes to hell and it's just not very good. So I, yeah. I actually think most of those horror remakes from um, the legitimate production companies and the Michael Bay types, the people who actually have name recognition turned out to be very watchful experiments for the most part. Even Halloween, the Rob Zombie one, which I don't think is great, is still like a Rob Zombie movie. You can watch it as that, and it's not the worst. You have Malcolm McDowell, who does a serviceable job. Uh, Brad Dourif is good enough. So yeah. it, it, it's not well, atrocious. 
we go back to what we talked about in the Halloween Kills that uh, it seems like people uh, have the wrong idea of what the franchise is, holding the old ones as a higher regard. And so when they see a remake, it's like, well, this this is not as good. But when you have a, a franchise with so many sequels where half of them feel or, yeah, like complete shit <laughs> or not great, something like the Rob Zombie ones, it's like, all right, well, this is like a... A different vision different. of what the killer is. So, uh, so fine. Maybe you might not be the greatest fan if you love the first one, and we want all the sequels to be that. But same with uh, Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday Thirteen. Like you have what maybe three good ones in that whole run, uh, and then the rest is just well, this is a recognizable character. Let's make money out of it. Uh, let's go goofy. Let's explore things that are not really going to add anything. And then on the next movie, we'll undo them because they didn't work. Um, but those Rob Zombie movies are entertaining for where they are. It's just like a different way of telling the story of this character that we don't really know at all. Uh, so I don't understand why people hold them so negatively, uh, especially because compared the to. Lore is not being respected. But that's also the same thing that I four, think five, and makes... six, though, right? yeah with yeah. little girl it's like how that's not respecting the lore it's just a little girl now no there's, then... there's plenty of examples of movies in every single franchise that disrespect it far worse than anything else but they, i mean it is a real problem when you have people who are too big of fans helming mm-hmm. the property or you have smaller production companies that are like we know the material back and forth we're going to do right by this then you wind up getting movies like that day of the dead remake which is nothing at all like the original Day of the Dead, and it's horrible. Uh, apparently, there's a sci-fi TV show called Day of the Dead that is a reimagining of that. I haven't seen it. Um, I'm no interest at all. I'm, I was I was uh, conned. As I've t- I don't remember what episode I talked uh, about this when the Sid High Night of Living Dead 3D. Never again. Yeah. <laughs> Any of those movies where they just. Hey, we'll just do it again. It's like I'm, I'm good. I don't need to. They just did a, an animated Night of the Living Dead, where I think they, I maybe I have this wrong. You should pull up the trailer. Um, I think they just took the audio from that original Night of the Living Dead and then made it animated. Night what of the Animated Dead. Yeah. Um, what is the point? This is they know that horror fans will show up and buy just about anything. Uh, let's not watch the whole thing. I don't want this to get clipped, but uh, if we okay. could fast forward to like the middle or something to get a taste of this without the, the buildup. The, the animation looks so shit too. Uh, it looks the, like... The volume? I don't think... All right, I don't know happens. if you can hear it. I can't hear it. I, I can't hear shit. Uh, okay. But uh, it looks like... I'm, you know those motion comics mm-hmm. where, where, where they do just like... Should I stop it or... Where yeah, they just do stop. just like, this looks like fucking grounds. George Constanza on Night of the Living Dead. It kind of looks like Metalocalypse, but shittier. Um, mm-hmm. What point was I trying to make? Fuck, I lost my train of thought. Oh, yeah. Motion comics. Uh, back in the, I want to say, 50s, 60s, um, they would have a Captain America Spider Man series where the animation was very. Uh, I guess on its early stages, even though it was the fucking 60s, but it would be Spider-Man and then the audio and then the image would move. Like the animation wouldn't change, but the image would move. And they do that with motion comics now, uh, where it's just a very simple, you know, animation of what it is. That's what kind of what this looks like. Yes. uh, Hans had to cut himself off here because he's coughing for our audio listeners. He does have some kind of virus. I don't know what's happening to him. Uh, maybe he's turning into one of the animated dead. If you just start turning into a cartoon character, like the end of Trailer Park Boys. I have great. a very sensitive nose. Uh, oh, Jesus. Uh, I'm good. Yeah, f- fruit flies hanging around your nostrils? No, I have very long nose hairs that That's I clipped today. You've got a <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, I don't know. I, but again, you know, we're talking about terrible remakes. The uh, The glaring example i think of the all-time worst horror remake is cabin fever did you Mm. ever see the cabin fever remake no it was completely pointless it it happened only like 10 years after cabin fever clear cash grab 
I think whoever helmed it was like claimed to be a fan. I don't know if they were or not. And uh, they made they removed essentially everything that was interesting about Cabin Fever or made it uh, have character from the equation, and then plop that out as the latest one. Twenty sixteen, yeah, no, uh, no interest. Cabin yeah, Fever no is fine. Like Cabin Fever is not Fever, even a good movie. It's fine. It's, it's fun. But... It's a, it's a watchable. It's an interesting enough movie because it, you know it, as a horror film. It's not the most compelling, but it has Eli Roth, especially like early Eli Roth, where he has a bit of a mischievous touch. He inserts that. So you have a certain type of humor in the movie that I think makes it more fun. You have Ryder Strong from Boy Meets World as one of the leads. That's also kind of an interesting selling point. And right. then the um, the sequel is not bad. Uh, Cabin Fever 2, which Ty West directed. And it's like a prom mm. night, but everybody comes down with the virus and uh, they start decaying but he he was ashamed of that movie he tried to take his name off that movie and do an alan smithy but that yeah. came out i think a year right before house of the devil and it is not bad the cover art is terrible the idea that he wanted his name off that certainly doesn't you know paint a promising picture but cabin fever 2 is a decent horror film yeah i haven't seen it i don't know it's been a while since i seen the first one but i I really had no interest in, in watching that one just because of that. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Hans is busted. Somebody's somebody's mom just broke up all the fun. What's happening? <laughs> no. No. What, do you got a bear in your home? What, do you got an owl trapped in the corner of your house? Uh, for the audio listeners only, Hans is currently uh, very distressed. I think he's just, he's got schizophrenia. He's imagining people. No. So what happened, what happened was that uh, one of my friends went to the States and he's been there for a month. So I've been feeding his cat, his fat cat every day. And uh, he's coming back on Saturday. So I'm just giving the keys away to someone else. My brother okay. can't pick him up. You someone else's fuck. responsibility now. Yeah. 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 Fuck that cat. Dude, I've anyway. been waking up at seven in the morning to feed this fucking fat ass cat. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm hey, kind of like, all right. Responsibility, Hans. Well, my friend starts work at six a.m. So when he's here, he just feeds his cat when he's awake because he's working from home. I don't have a job right now, so I've just been waking up at seven in the morning and that like, is your I, job. Fucking zombie walk there because he lives a couple of houses away from me and just feed the cat. And the cat's like asking for attention and affection and i'm like it's too early fuck off <laughs> just walk <laughs> over, just feed him and just like leave uh but yeah i'm just giving the keys away because i'm not gonna be here on the weekend when my friend comes back uh but that was Man, it party time yeah all right drama well, i i think uh, i think we reached the yeah the end point of this episode of movies so, happy halloween everybody yeah. be safe out there uh hmm. make it give yourself an interesting costume you don't really seem concerned about anyone's safety you know no, have fun. Yeah, put some razors and apples. Put some. No, <laughs> have you seen... don't do that. <laughs> don't say that. Have you seen those reports of, of oh people are giving out weed candy to children? It's like who the fuck is going to spend money on weed candy yeah, so to give it to children? Twenty two dollar like... candy bar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like giggling. I'll never even be able to see you uh, way yeah. out on that. But yeah, have know. you have you met stoners like they don't just give away their weed candy? You know that's a that's a um, like the the demon or Satan panic in the nineties. You know where oh my god that's a, a pentagram. This is devil worshiping. Oh no 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 no! Or, Hold on a second. That was all real. That was all real, and it was look history. Time always vindicates the truth. Now, the satanic panic, there was actual real shit that was happening. There was a little bit of fake shit that also happened, and they ran with that, and they knew it was going to drum up headlines and sales, and that's what they wanted yeah. to do. The, what was it? The preschool. The, um, the preschool that is used as the example that's like, see, this got dragged out over several years. It was a preschool, and the kids all lied and said, oh, they were doing uh, animal sacrifices. They were seeing witches fly around. A preschool? There was a preschool. I'm forgetting the name of the preschool. You should look this up real quick. Um, I decided to... I knew about this from last podcast on the left and a couple of other things. And then Jack McMartin? brought it up in passing. The McMartin Preschool. Jack from Perfume Nationalist brought it up very briefly on a show where he's talking about Hellraiser. And I decided to look into this. And apparently there were some... Do okay, so 
the McMartin preschool, this is creepy stuff. Um, the kids said that there were tunnels under the school and that they saw all kinds of weird, crazy shit. Animal sacrifices, that children were being passed off. There were um, all sorts of weird things. And then they started talking about, oh, there were, there were witches. We saw witches <laughs> flying around. And then um, eventually the McMartin preschool came out not guilty. And it was dragged out. There were so many issues. It eventually closed down in 2004 or something. This was back in the 80s. Um, yeah. McMartin Preschool, this is known as like one of the longest trials in American history as well. Um, cost whole The longest and most expensive, it says mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. But then and eventually, charges um, were dropped in 1990. So Yes. So it was 1990. No. Well, here's the thing. Um, there were children that later said, yeah, we were coerced into saying it. And I have a suspicion based off documents that were released that shed light on this, um, that it was an OJ thing where they knew they didn't have the evidence to nail these people. And they started making the kids lie. And, um, there's a, there was a document that came out around the time of, uh, like 2017, 2018 about something completely different with the FBI and the FBI looked into the preschool and in spite of them saying in court, there's no tunnels, there's nothing. They found tunnels beneath the classrooms and they found over a hundred animal bones. So I think there was some truth to the McMartin preschool incident and they fucked it up by having the kids lie and expecting them Mm -hmm. to stick to, or like having more kids say that things happened when they probably didn't really happen. So those, that McMartin family. So what you're saying is it didn't happen because no one. I'm saying nope. witches are real. Those children saw those goddamn witches. Yeah, everyone that died in the Salem witch trial deserved it. They didn't float <laughs> when they were drowned or whatever the hey, fuck they were doing. <laughs> listen, you got to think about it like this. People, I mean, we always look to the past like people were fucking stupid. Yeah. But maybe maybe, maybe there was a witch. I don't know. Think about that this Halloween before Just you go one, ahead. Yeah. Maybe yeah. there was a witch and then the it was wicked used, witch of used the to West. get rid of a bunch of bitches, a bunch of audition yeah. style BPD girls who got <laughs> molested and went crazy and started hurting men. Yeah. Always she... women hurting men. Despicable. <laughs> that, that's been movies for this week. Thank you for listening.